TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Christoph, and I'm still at the Thrive Ancestral Symposium all by myself, lonely, just hanging out. Not doing a whole lot, but there's some exciting stuff because I know that Brett's just gone back into practice. I just called him to see if he could be here with us, and he, he couldn't. And uh, and Lawrence, yes, of course, he is travelling. He's in New York because that's how he rolls. He just travels. That's Lawrence. That's his life. But I've actually bumped into someone, and this dude's massive. He's uh, he's a, a big unit. He's from the UK, although I've since learned he's actually Australian, and uh, we'll talk about that in a few moments. Uh, this guy, his name's Daryl Edwards. Uh, he invented some incredible stuff. I, I don't know if you invented stuff that's called paleo but he brought to uh, the world paleo fitness and primal play which I just love the concept of of how that actually sounds he's known as the fitness explorer and I want to welcome to the wellness guys today Daryl Edwards thanks for joining us mate yeah I'm, I'm pretty Australian um, <laughs> yeah that was probably the worst Australian accent you've ever heard but uh, yeah I, I do hail from from London I am from the UK but I spent a little bit of time a couple of years in Australia uh, many years ago um, but yeah, thanks so much for the introduction, and it's a pleasure pleasure to be here being interviewed. Now, you um, before ran a session with a hundred and something crazy people um, running around, dancing around, finding moving patterns, doing stuff. They all walked out smiling. Now, some people when they do exercise, they don't smile at all, and uh, and some people hate exercise. And I know that we're preaching to the converted at the moment, but your whole model is about having and helping people. Um, love exercise again i suppose enjoying it again isn't it really yeah i mean that's a fantastic point um primal play is really about enjoying movement as we did as kids and uh you know most of us uh, as very young children um even going coming into teenage years we we rarely exercised or uh, underwent a, a kind of training regime or training program you just played and that play would be so varied that it may involve you know climbing you know, carrying, you know, a partner by doing a piggyback, playing tag or it, uh, you know, such a wide variety of movement patterns. And part of it that made it kind of sustainable was the enjoyment factor. If you didn't enjoy it, you'd stop playing, you'd play another game, you'd do something else. And as an adult, I just found that it was very difficult to maintain the self-discipline to complete a program or even, you know, to even enjoy whatever I was doing. It was always more about the punishment you know, the kind of grueling, highly pressured, difficult to motivate environment. And, and I, and it was only kind of goal focused. And I wanted to focus on the process and enjoy every second of it. So Primal Play was born out of that, uh, want for enjoyment when it came to physical activity. I'm loving it. And I'm thinking of a few people. There's, um, there's a guy, Erwin LaCour. Um, you would have heard of Erwin, I'm sure, you know, in, in terms of, um, Oh, what's his movement thing he's got? Yeah, MoveNet. Um, MoveNet, of course, yeah. MoveNet. And, of course, there's been this big movement towards um, CrossFit. And people have kind of gone, well, I'm paleo, so I'm going to go do CrossFit. And people are doing injuries. But some people are thriving doing CrossFit. They love it a bit. It's been – it's the one thing that they wish they had done their whole life. But there's other people out there that are kind of going stick a bit more mechanical and doing triathlons and they're doing all that sort of thing. But, you know, I'm looking at the pictures that you've got on your book and I'm looking at your business card and it looks to me like a whole lot more fun than um, than lifting tractor tires above my head, I've got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a place for lifting tractor tires above your head or doing handstands or 
you know, doing lots of burpees. There is a place for that. And to be honest, when I first encountered uh, the paleo lifestyle, um, I, I'd only taken the paleo diet. I was pretty sick um, previously. I, I, I only took the paleo diet. I started looking at different movement activities or physical activities that I could do to support the nutrition. Um, and I started doing CrossFit. I started doing that type of method uh, for movement. Um, and I got remarkably fit in a very short space of time, but I also suffered from injuries and I suffered from periods where I couldn't move for, for significant periods of time because of that, you know, recovery and rehabilitation. And so I then started to look and be aware of the kind of natural movement and more evolutionary fitness models and, and movement that is, is one of those. And, um, and I believe it's a broader, more natural way to move, um, and gives you far more benefits that are not just based on what you can do in the gym, you know, um, or kind of the sport of fitness. But I suppose from, in terms of my own journey, I want to take it another step further, whereby if I'm spending a significant amount of time working on technique and skill in order to practice a movement me methodology um, that also removes some of the aspects of in terms of enjoyment you know I may decide on one particular day you know what I really need to practice my ex but I'm just not in the mood I just don't feel like doing this and I woke up one day and said the reason is is because it's not enjoyable enough um, it might be enjoyable once I can actually get to do it you know so if I can do you know, if I can spend six months working on my handstand, when I can do a handstand, it will be amazing. I'll be, it'll be a cool party trick. I can impress my mates, but I've got to take, it's got to take six months of hard graft to get there. And whereas if I'm playing and engaging in playful movement, I'll get immediate satisfaction, immediate enjoyment. And, and that's what I want for movement now. That's what I recognize, um, you know, the benefit of movement should be instant gratification. And so Primal Play, I believe, delivers, delivers in, that, in that regard. That's nice. Everyone wants the instant gratification. That's why we all eat chocolate, right? So it's the same thing, instant gratification. People love it a bit. Um, I love that concept. And while you're talking, I was thinking about, you know, parkour and, you know, doing a lot of jumping and leaping and rolling and all the things that we used to do as a child, you know, monkey bars and mm -hmm. just picking things up and throwing them. And I'm, I'm getting excited about exercise again because nothing – Nothing makes me want to yawn more than going to a gym and just lifting weights in mechanical motions and that sort of thing. So I know that it's good to do and rehabilitation is sometimes really important for some people. But are there other ways to rehabilitate the body? Let's say, for example, we've got a CrossFitter who's injured their shoulder just by chance because that doesn't happen very often. Um, but, you know, let's say, for example, they injured their shoulder. What, you know, should they stop doing CrossFit for a little bit and maybe do something different? Or can they still incorporate, you know, your types of play and primal movements, uh, maybe movement patterns to, in their rehab? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't believe, as humans, we weren't designed to, uh, you know, focus on specific movement patterns for extended periods of time. So if you're constantly uh, moving, shifting heavy loads above your head, um, you know, where, you, where you're trying to constantly push yourself uh, for maximal efforts, you are likely to incur an injury. Um, so it's not a case of never lifting something heavy overhead, but it's ensuring that your movement program is, is varied enough so that you're less likely to suffer from repetitive stress or repetitive strain injury. So I don't believe it's CrossFit that's at fault necessarily, but somebody programming CrossFit may just focus on what they really enjoy doing. 
So it's like, I love Olympic lifting. So more is more. Actually, no, less of higher quality movement is probably more in that, in that regard. And if I am going to be pushing, lifting something overhead, I probably want to be pulling, you know, something from overhead. I probably want to be pushing, you know, in a horizontal plane. I probably want to be pushing down to, you know, in a kind of, you know, pushing down and against gravity. I want to be, you know, looking at rotational movements. I, you know, I literally want to challenge myself in multiple, multiple dimensions, in multi-planes, uh, with varied levels of resistance. So, you know, I believe, again, looking at evolution, we were designed to be masters of movement based on the fact that we can do a little bit of everything poorly. So if you compare the animal kingdom and us, we're not great sprinters. We're not very far. We're pretty slow when it comes to sprinting. Um, we're, not, we're not very efficient at climbing. Uh, we can't jump very high. Um, we can't, we can't even move slowly very well. When you look at compare something like a sloth and ourselves, they're the masters of slow, you know, movement. So we really struggle when it comes to being the best, a particular movement pattern. But why we dominate physically is because we have a wide repertoire of movement. So yeah, we may not be able to jump as high or as far as a kangaroo, but we can climb a tree. We can, you know, we can sprint. We can run long distances. We can walk for great distances. We can, you know, so we can crawl on all fours as well as having bipedal movement. So there are a lot of movement capabilities that we have. However, when we choose a training program, we tend to do the bare minimum. I'm only going to run or I'm only going to jump because I want to be a long jumper or I'm only going to climb because I love climbing. And so we tend to suffer then from only focusing on that one movement pattern. And then we're spending occasionally more time in rehab and rehabilitation, seeing someone like yourself to help them get back to movement. Whereas if they had a, probably a broader perspective when it came to movement, they'd probably suffer less and enjoy more. That's nice. I bet you there's people thinking, ah, oh. This is so refreshing. It's <laughs> because I am. Uh, this is, uh, it's really nice just to think that, you know, you can actually bring fun back into movement. But while you're talking, Daryl, I'm thinking, okay, well, I know that I'm supposed to get up in the morning and I go do my walk or I'll go and do, you know, a little jog or a little ride or whatever I'm going to do. And, you know, where I live in Melbourne, if, if you're not a, uh, a mammal, which is mm. a middle-aged man in Lycra, if you're not, <laughs> if you're not that, then uh, you're kind of nowhere. And, uh, and so I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if I didn't feel like doing a ride or I didn't feel like doing a walk, what other things could I do? And so my question to you then, Daryl, is what do you do on a daily basis because um, I'm sure looking at you, 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 you're exercising every day. What are the things that you do that our listeners could actually start to implement as part of their life? Ooh, well, so that's the opportunity to plug my book. So the <laughs> first step is to buy Paleo Fitness because that gives you a lot of ideas on what you can do by yourself in terms of exploring different types of, of movement um, that are extremely beneficial and, and helpful. Uh, but I suppose the first step after buying my book would be to consider your mindset when it comes to movement. So you, you led with the fact that I exercise every day. And to be honest, I, it's, it's very rare that I exercise now. Um, I, don't, I no longer work out, I play out. Um, I, I look for as many opportunities now as I can to engage in playful movement. So rather than me saying, right, I've got half an hour today that I can spend on movement, I will go, I'm in this hotel, for example. I'm seven floors up. I will never take the lift. 
I will always take the stairs. Sometimes I'll sprint up the stairs. Sometimes I go two steps at a time. Sometimes I'll bear crawl down the stairs if there's no one watching, you know. So um, that's what I'll do. Sometimes I wake up in the morning. I feel absolutely, I feel really lethargic. I want to grab a, a cup of coffee, even though I don't drink, have coffee. <laughs> but, you know, I want something to kind of give me a real kick uh, to start the day. And what I will do is usually I'll roll out of bed. I'll kind of crawl across the ground. I'll kind of get really kind of playful and dynamic at that time in the morning and 30 seconds later a minute later i'm good to go so it's 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 really looking at opportunities for movement um that you can integrate into your day and in that way it doesn't feel as much of a chore it doesn't feel as if i've got to get this out of the way or it's a hobby now yeah movement's a new hobby of mine yeah i do two and a half hours a week job done actually no movement should be almost almost a constant uh, Mark Sisson mentioned this morning that um, sitting is a new smoking, and so people have a standing desk, and they're standing all the time. Did Mark say that as well? He did. Too, yeah. Did he? So I stole his line. I said the same thing. Yeah, and I said the same thing in 2013 <laughs> yeah, at AHS. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So <laughs> you're on the same page. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do believe smoking, you know, smoke, obviously smoking is, is, is dangerous and harmful for health, but being sedentary for extended periods of time is also an issue. And so people who substitute sitting down for now standing, but are also still stationary, probably poor, really poor posture, um, also not necessarily more beneficial. So, Do you reckon we should do the rest of this podcast moving around, walking? Because we can. I've got a long enough cable here. Well, we should, prob- we should probably stand at least. All right, let's do that. Yeah. All right, that, so yeah, we'll stand. That's a good idea. That's good. Let me just move this chair out of the way. People are thinking I'm crazy. <laughs> this is great. I love it. I'll just unwind this, this cable a little bit podcast session you've done standing is that so yeah it's probably the first podcast session you've done standing so yeah i don't think we've ever done it i think i might have once because my son came in and took my chair from my room when i was actually podcasting with the boys but yeah this is the first one we're doing standing this is great it it is great yeah and it forces us to look each other in the eye it's almost kind of competitive or you know it's a bit of a face-off in the from the in the podcast world (laughs) and and you're massive i'm packing myself right (laughs) that's great i love it but um but in all seriousness yeah i think just even just changing body position from sitting to standing now you know i feel more you know energized and and more engaged and yeah i I feel great so i think the fact just changing the dynamics of whatever the movement is from sitting to standing from standing to you know kind of bouncing from from left to right um that's how you increase the amount of kind of movement minutes um throughout your day and that's what i aim to do now it's like sometimes i will relish helping somebody you know, with their bag, a heavy bag, it's like, now I'm getting my lifting done today. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I'm running late for, for my meeting. I'm going to sprint for the bus now. So I've got my sprint session done. Um, you know, I want to walk from one room to the next. No one's watching. I can crawl from one room to the next. So I think it's important just to try and broaden the horizons mm-hmm. and think about increasing the kind of movement minutes you can throughout the day rather than just being sedentary. And what really, just before I forget this, um, what's really remarkable uh, about movement today is we do want to find a kind of minimal effective dose, MED, MED, but um, people unfortunately looking for kind of homeopathic (laughs) doses. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great (laughs) Yeah, they're looking for homeopathic doses of movement and not realising that, again, in terms of our evolutionary path, we spent a significant amount of time moving to get where we are today. So we can't expect to move four minutes a day 
with a Tabata protocol and think, job done. I can now sit down or lie down for the rest of the day and it's all good. I got my fitness done. My VO2 max is improving. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 there's a lot more we need to do to maintain health through, through movement. Oh, I'm loving that. So this, we've, we've spoken about a few things. Obviously, there's the minimum effective dose, right? So Mark and I were talking about that only when I, po- I interviewed him just earlier on. And so those people listening to this podcast now who listen to that Mark Sissons one will have heard us talk about that because that's Tim Ferriss's thing, right? The MED. Mm-hmm. And so... And it's funny because right now we're hearing about homeopathy um, in a, in Australia, and they're saying that um, um, that homeopathy or homeopathy is um, is null and void; it doesn't work. And they're saying there's no better than placebo, right? So you're saying that uh, having a homeopathic dose of uh, of, <laughs> of exercise is kind of no better than placebo, but placebo is sixty percent effective. Yeah, so yeah, 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 they're quite. Yeah, there's lots of research on on the placebo effect, and I I believe if you if you believe wholeheartedly in in an approach or whatever you're doing, the likelihood there is going to be a positive effect. Um, but unfortunately, the, you know, as as powerful as the mind is. You know, we do lose bone mass, we do lose bone strength, we do lose muscle mass, we do lose flexibility if we if we no longer move. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the mind is is extremely powerful so that you can become 40, 50, 60 or whatever and you say to yourself, remember when I was 16 and I could do X, Y, or Z? Remember when I was 25 and I could dunk, you know, in, my, in basketball? And, and it's like, it doesn't matter. Memory Memory doesn't matter when you can no longer perform that function later on, later in life. So... Um, so yes, minimal, minimally effective dose is an amazing concept. Uh, however, there are some exceptions to the rule, and I think movement is one of them. So you can make better choices. You can reduce, you know, uh, a reduced effective dose, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can, yeah, you can, you can find that, that, that kind of sweet spot. But I don't believe it's, we should be aiming for the minimum. It should be ma- aiming for the, the moderate. I like it. I like it because Mark, Back in the 60s, Mark Sisson, he was doing hard out training, going full on, like going long distances for doing a lot of miles. He said miles. I had to convert that to kilometers, so I multiplied it by 1.6. And so we got there. And I'm thinking far out, he was doing all those kilometers. And then he was doing it hard, and then he'd go and do heaps of heavy weights, and then he was doing his triathlons and training really hard. And, and so he, he was initially saying, go hard for a long time. That's what the old thing used to be mm. then um we interviewed uh, mark probably three years ago on the wellness guys and um his approach was slightly different and then we interviewed ben greenfield you might have heard of ben yes, and ben, yeah. and obviously ben's uh doing 30 minutes you know of high intensity training yeah. to the point where you're almost vomiting and passing out you know that's kind of his thing and he's training triathletes to do iron man um in 30 minutes a day which is profound like blows some people's minds to pieces mm. um and now you're saying that really to be healthy and fit and well it's fun. It's doing more than the minimum effective dose. It's doing what's really, I suppose, the required dose, which is which is effective movement. So it's a required dose of effective movement. Yeah, I mean that's a fantastic point. I mean, I know Ben Greenfield very well. Obviously, I know Mark really well. And uh, yeah, if you're training for the triathlon, you can find optimal uh, the optimal performance output based on minimal input. You know, that's a fantastic goal to have because obviously you may be able to do it for longer. You can have more periods, you know, better recovery and rest periods. So it's worthwhile finding that. Um, but, you know, being a triathlete, being a performance athlete, you aren't necessarily healthy. Mm. And again, it, 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 it throws back to my original point of what we were designed for, what we, what we were designed to do. And we weren't designed just to spend several hours on a bike, then go for a run and have a swim. We weren't designed for that. We were able to do so, 
but unfortunately we may suffer the consequences of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I can't negate a particular protocol. If 30 minutes allows you to do an Ironman mm -hmm. five times a week, How good is that? So, superb. <laughs> um, but um, if, if you can't sprint for the bus, doing that 30 minutes of training for the tri triathlon, if you can't climb a wall, if you can't carry an injured partner, if you can't, you know, uh, jump across a ravine because you don't have the power necessary to do so because you, all you've got is slow twitch fibers mm -hmm. to allow you to be extremely efficient for, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there are other aspects of, of movement, you know, if you can't balance, you know, or you don't have great coordination or agility, you know, there's, there's a, there are far more components of fitness than just, you know, stamina and, you know, endurance. Mm. So for myself, in terms, if I wanted to be technical about my, my training program, I want every single component of fitness to be covered. Mm -hmm. That's what I would want ideally. And I, I have 26 at the moment <laughs> components that I've, I've kind of defined as, as, as a component of fitness. And they're all in your book? They're all in the book, yeah. I've actually got 25 in this book. <laughs> I've added an extra one. But um, yeah, I've got 25 components in my, in my book, Paleo Fitness. Mm -hmm. and, and all of those need to be, I believe, worked equally. And when I say that, if you're playing, if you have a playful spirit a lot of those will be ticked off without having to be methodical about it. You know, you're going to be covering coordination and balance and agility and strength and power, you know, and you'll be, you'll be kind of transitioning from one to the other naturally. You know, a kid, for example, playing, if you're playing tag, the game tag as a kid. Mm -hmm. we, we, used to, we used to call that British Bulldogs. British Bulldogs, yeah, or British Bulldog, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're playing British Bulldog, for example, uh, it's not steady state. No. You're going to be going from like very ultra high intensity where, you know, I have to stop now, I can't play anymore because I'm completely smoked, to, you know, okay, I'm resting, I'm trying to recover now, to, okay, I'm going to just kind of keep myself hidden, to I want to get back into the game now, I feel better, so a little bit of steady state, you know. Uh, you do whatever it takes to, to ensure you can continue the game, which will mean you vary the intensity. So even, even British Bulldog or Tag or any of those games, you wouldn't try to maintain 100% max effort for half an hour. You wouldn't. No. You would go through periods of explosiveness, slowing things down. Okay, guys, let's rest. Let's think of another game. This is kind of boring now. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let's, so, let's climb a tree. That's, oh, let's climb a tree. Yeah, you know, let's, let's change the rules of this game. So I think as kids, you would naturally engage in interval training. You know, we did that as kids. We didn't have to wait for someone to invent HIIT. It's like we did hit training. Or Tabata. yeah. Mm. We, we, we did that naturally. Mm. Um, it's a natural form of movement. So I think if you try and engage uh, in that form of movement as an adult, you'll take on board some of the characteristics that we rely on based on sports medicines and, and sports science um, and that we're told, oh, interval training is actually really beneficial. It's like, yeah, we kind of know that because as a kid, I was probably fitter when I was engaging in play than when I was engaging in, you know, supervised training at school. <laughs> and then I, I actually lost my capability because I, I would get injured or I'd get bored or I'd be upset that I wasn't being picked for the team. And because I was a bit of a jack of all trades and master of none at school, I would never ever get picked for the school team. So mm -hmm. I was always like, oh, I'm just not any good at any of this sort of stuff. But when I think about kicking around the board with my mates, I was like Pele in my day. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like Viv Richards when it came to, you know, playing cricket. I was like, <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you could completely get into that zone and it didn't matter 
if you had that technical ability or not. You mm. could still knock the ball for six at times. You still have that amazing catch, and you're like, I can't believe I did. I really do that one arm extended catch. I've never had any training, but it was like boom, and it's, you know what I mean. Oh, so yeah. yeah, you didn't know the technique. Mm. It was just like I just got to do this. Yeah, and I, I want to recapture some of that as an adult, and I love, I love doing that. It's so nice, like to get a bit playful, and I, I, I suppose I'm excited about it too because it's actually taken me back to my childhood too. You know, playing cricket and kicking the footy and doing all those sorts of things, and that's just what we did. Like that's, and these days it seems that science is trying to prove the things that we already know that we uh, we could do and were good for us. They're trying to you know prove it so that it's actually now okay for us to do it. Yeah. And uh, and so you raise a great point in that going back to the things that we used to do as children are the things that we should be doing as adults. And we see now in Melbourne um, and. I know you used to live in Melbourne. You lived in Elwood. Just in Elwood now, um, you know, there's a big park there where they do all the, hand, the skydiving and they, they come down and land there. They've now got adult gym equipment or play equipment out there, some monkey bars and balancing mm. beams and, and all those sorts of things. And there's definitely a bigger shift towards more playful movement. Uh, and, and it's great to know that you're actually doing that. So I know that you're touring Australia and you're going oh, Melbourne on Wednesday and you're going all around Australia in the week. But I mean, this podcast will have already, I mean, you will have already completed all your tour by then, um, which is unfortunate because it would have been great to have got this out earlier. But, um, where can people get more information apart from buying a book, which is Paleo Fitness, which everyone should be buying anyway? And often, I mean, most people know that I don't talk um, about paleo. I'm, I don't classify myself as paleo. I've always said I'm primal. But I'm excited about this book, and I'm really looking forward to reading it and opening up some pages and taking Jackson out there. Where can people get uh, more of this information? Yeah, you can visit my website, which is thefitnessexplorer.com. Um, I'm all over social media, you know, uh, so you can get me on Facebook, F- Fitness Explorer, um, Twitter at Fitness Explorer, YouTube at Fitness Explorer, and Instagram, Fitness Explorer. So if you want to know more about me, just connect with me on any of those social channels. Uh, drop me an email, Daryl at thefitnessexplorer.com. I'm happy for people to engage me by, by email. It's a bit, it's kind of old school now, right. but, um, but it's probably the best method to, for communication. Can they write you a letter? Um, snail mail even better especially coming from Australia you know <laughs> take, by the time they write it <laughs> by the time, right, get, it, get it written get, the, get it put in an envelope stamp it send it across you know snail mail to the UK it's probably kind of two or three weeks before I get it but hey that would be it'd be nice to actually receive a real letter in the post rather than just junk mail wouldn't it <laughs> or something ordered off the internet it's like wow someone's actually posted a letter but yeah so feel free anyone who sends me a letter I'll, you know that'd be a nice surprise for them um, but um, yeah just just get in touch check out some of my videos on YouTube so you can get a feel for the type of movement that I do um, I will be coming back to Australia and doing more primer play sessions I'm looking at expanding uh, the program to to train trainers and, and have a certification process and license primal play. So right. I'm hoping to build a movement around movement mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and, and a community of getting people to enjoy movement again. And at the moment, there's there's kind of one crazy guy fronting primal play, um, but there's wisdom in the crowds. And there's been so many people now who've undertaken, uh, you know, they've had an initiation of primal play. And they really enjoy it and more than just enjoyment because when I talk about this, people often see imagery of, you know, rolling around in the hay and, and kind of jumping up and down and like kind of floating, you know, like hippies or whatever. And that's one element of play. But for me, play is serious kind of hard play whereby I do want to get stronger so I can engage in play and get there. I do want to get faster and fitter and remain healthy and injury-free and all of the components and attributes of fitness. I want all of that, but I just don't want to kill myself to get there. And now I'm getting to the age where longevity 
is my real focus. So how, how old are you? Old enough to mention the word longevity. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took me till 39 to mention that. So what are you now? You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be 39. I'm, I'm a lot older than 39. Are oh, you? Yeah, yeah Come I, on, I, don't, I don't look it, but I'm, on. I'm a lot older. But I don't, to be honest... I'm, He's not going to tell us his age. Yeah, I, I don't want to sound like a bit of a diva, but I do. whenever I t- mention my age, even if it's to myself, even if I see my date of birth, I always feel like 10 years older or I feel start feeling my age. Really? Which, yeah, so I so try... It's wisdom, mate. It, 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 wisdom. it is wisdom, but... I, 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 you know, I also want youthful exuberance at the same time. You got it. Do you know what I mean? So, no, thank you. So, yeah, in a way, I do believe in the, this is the, like the placebo effect, mate. I believe taking the, you know, I'm not really whatever my age is, taking that pill every day helps me to remain youthful and exuberant and and have a zest for life. Yeah. And I, I spent, I mean, I get a chance to speak about it much on the podcast, but I spent 20 years that gives you a reference. I spent 20 years in my previous career working in, in banking. I was an investment banker working in technology. So I was a programmer mm-hmm. in technology mm-hmm. working for investment banking, making a lot of money, and I got really sick. And 10 years ago, um, I found this lifestyle, and that became the solution um, for me um, to, to better health. And so it meant I had to exit that previous lifestyle. You know, I had to sort out the issues with stress. I had to sort out the issues with potentially taking medication and going, nah, I don't want to be on meds for life. I'd rather make a lifestyle change. And so that's the basically the, my, my backstory. Um, and now has enabled me to kind of go, wow, you look better than you did 20 years ago, Daryl. You know, that, that's, that's the reality now of, of a lot of people who haven't seen me for a long time go, what the heck have you been doing? <laughs> totally. uh, tell us about your story and, you know, what's this paleo crazy stuff you're talking about? Because it seems to, yeah, it's working for you, mate, whatever it is. Uh, it's great. It's so good. Thanks so much, Daryl. I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this and I know that everyone else is going to absolutely love it too. So uh, thanks again, mate. Thanks for taking out some time to spend with me today. No, thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to, to us having a chat again, mate, and I can pretend to be a Aussie next time we chat. <laughs> Do right. Bloody oath, mate. That's fantastic. Uh, now, everybody, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update, or particularly a movement update, because quite clearly a lot of people need to move more and play more. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and give us a comment. We love them. Heaps of comments, lots of five-star ratings. And until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us. Us, could be just me next week on the wellness guys show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.